Hello and welcome to Why a Podcast, a podcast where we answer the questions you didn't think to ask or were too lazy to Google. I'm Laser Ace of Spades, Elric. I'm Matthew Ace of Base. Didn't we do this, Slaza? You stole mine. I was going to be Ace of Base. Now I'm Keon Ace of Lazy. Oh, he's oh, Lazy I'm Boy. Laser Ace of Laser. <laughs> laser. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Matt. We've all worked like 80-hour weeks. Can we start the fucking episode, I'm, And I'm, I'm Keon Whip Nay Nay. I can't stop whipping. All of my friends at the convention I was at kept whipping, and I can't stop. I'm, it's literally, I'll grip my arm and try to stop myself like... Uh, Doctor Strange love. It's crazy. Oh my God. I'm laser, wow. laser, laser. And you're listening to Why a Podcast. <laughs> and you're watching Disney Channel. Bum, 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 bum. And now back to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, we record a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. It's an audio uh, thing with the story. Yeah. It's the spelled P O D. No, we're not. N- H A S. Okay. E- are you doing e, my joke against e, me? Because it's really e, fucked up. E, E, Audio e. poison. Hey, guys, this week's topic is spade. It's spade. It is spade. It's spade. And listen, we've got humor in spades. Do we now? Do we now? I don't know about after that spelling lesson. E, is that a new feature e, on this podcast? E. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have humor in spades, spade being what the British call a shovel, because those Brits, aren't they cool? Oh, way to shit on my topic. Oof. Oh, right. man. Well, listen, you can shovel that shit, because hey. we can just go and jump right in if you'd like. Or actually, how are you guys doing? You know, let's Ooh. jump right in. We're going to be asking one a why question each. The others will get the answers and then we'll let you know why. And Matt, before you give your the start to your topic, uh-huh. why don't you uh, tell us how you're doing? <laughs> well, you know, now that I'm hearing Keon's beautiful laughter, I'm doing Aww. much better. And now that I heard Matt's accent, <laughs> I'm doing much worse. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't know. I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm, I'm in my first day off in a while, which is just wonderful we started to watch the new season of stranger things yes <sighs> yeah no spoilers we're only on like episode three um, snape but... kills dumbledore it's crazy Fuck. sorry <sighs> you know i knew i knew that was gonna happen they've been hinting at it all eight books you know it's just <laughs> all eight books of stranger things love that um, foreshadowing <laughs> i'm doing yeah i'm doing pretty well um i'm trying to get some sleep trying to recuperate a little bit uh we're recording Two episodes today. Yeah, that's right. The curtain's gone. I shot it. And uh, that way <laughs> we guns. can all have some fucking peace and some sleep for a little bit. And, and I'm excited to hang out with you guys because it's been a minute since we gotten to talk because of all that work. It really has. So, Matt. How about you, Keon? No, 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 no. Keon will tell us before his topic. Oh, this is <laughs> okay. a new format. We're doing it different this episode, and we'll never do it like it this again. That's that's always the best way to do things. When you're really tired, do things differently so you remember that that's a bad idea, Laser Elric. So, Matt, what's your topic? <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Oh, shoot. Why is Spade Cooley not cool? Spade Cooley? Oh, well, actually, that's really funny because they used to call me Spade Cooley in middle school. I hope not, and I can't wait to shove this in your face, but go ahead. <laughs> well, they call me Spade Cooley because I was always the kid with the uh, cool sunglasses and the shovel. And um, they were like, hey, Lazo, why are you always carrying that shovel? And I said, hey, why the fuck are you talking like that? And they would say, oh, you know, I just like this and you're just like that. You with your shades and your shovel. And I Were said, you a hey. child in the 1920s I, in industry? In the industry. I have always existed and I've never not. So um, they sense. saw me with my shovel and my shovel was both a tool and a weapon. So they didn't fuck <laughs> with me. So they call me Spades Cooley. Oh, all right. Inspiring tale. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Rather enticing. Uh, Keon, you want to take a shot at it? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Spades Cooley is actually the pig Latin name for uh, Cade Spooley, uh, a Russian actor who uh, landed on the vaudeville scene about the 1950s. Okay. And the reason why it's not cool, the reason why it's not cool is because he moved away from Russia. Russia's cold. And he, he got, and he, and, he, and he misses it. He misses it very much. I'm surprised how much sense that made for my fever dream of a brain right now. Um, moving on, Matt. The please tell of us. The Cade Spooley or whatever the fuck it was. Cade Spooley. That's not that far off. This is kind of a ballad. Get ready for this fucking ride. Ooh, I sing, the, sing me a song. You're the piano good person. Piano sing person? Sing me a song. That's You're nice. the piano, Matt. Piano guy. That's like the modern cover of piano man it's just piano give person. me a song you're the uh keyboardist Ooh, it was okay i like that that, that was, was good fine. 
That was a that was a time. I said a thing. Now tell me your topic. Yeah, tell us your topic. Hey, con- considering your brain right now, Kian, I'm so proud of you. Anyway, it's been a while since we've recorded where like all of us are in some state of semi delirium, which is good because they get two episodes of this and <laughs> leads to our best content usually. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Many of you might not know who Spade Cooley was. No, not at all. Right? Like when I say Spade Cooley, you're probably like, I don't even know if that's a person. That might not be a person. I'm picturing. If a Capri Sun was a person. I'm picturing a guy who murders people with shovels but makes it look cool. So a, so a Capri Sun as a person. I got news for you. If we put those two together, I think we've got Spade Cooley. <laughs> a Capri Sun that murders people? <laughs> Fuck yeah. 10 out of 10, dude. Yo, the gritty reboot of a Capri Sun 90s commercial. Oh, dude, that would be dope. All right. Well, so here's the thing. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to send you guys a picture of this fucker so you have an idea of what's going on. All right. All right thank you. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and inform these folks of who this fucker is before I send that photo. So here's the thing. This guy was a legend of a little something we like to call electric folk, electric country, if you will. Mm-hmm. A genre that no longer exists, largely thanks to, I don't know, something called a rock and roll. Am I right, Laser? Uh, you're right, Matt. I'm going to not talk for a little bit until you get to the to the punchline of this yeah, article that's literally in the second sentence. No, third no, don't sentence read. Of don't read. Article. I just wanted you to look at the picture. The, the title of, the of it is kind Too of late. spoilerific. Christ. Wait, actually. Oh, yeah. Wow. I <laughs> well, didn't even I'm about realize. To read, I'm about to read the title. I just we'll wanted you to look right at the ahead. picture. So, uh, the reason Spade Cooley's not cool is because Spade Cooley went from a country star to a convicted murderer. Dun, dun, dun. My God. Yeah. So, this story, like, this article is not for the faint of heart, TBH, because this guy is, like, awful. This guy's a real shitbag, and he died. Oh, damn. He died a, a while ago. Thankfully, karma caught his ass, and a matter of fact... In this article, there's some bits about how the timing seemed to lend itself to Karma coming back and killing him. Really? But I got to tell you, he he started off as, as many a young buck does. You know, they start off in a poor family in the middle of nowhere. They learn how to uh, play an instrument. They learn that they're amazing at it. He found out that he was a, sort of a virtuoso, virtuoso or prodigy at the fiddle. Then he learned uh, cello and violin. Suddenly he's, you know, doing all this country folk uh, and uh, folk western type stuff. Starts becoming bigger at that. Gets a residency that basically plateaued or, uh, or uh, what's the catapulted? That's a word, right, Laser? Yeah. Um, I, a plateau? <laughs> I've heard that word. No, catapulted. I, I, I say plateau. That's not like the opposite of catapulted. That's the point. I was looking for the word I wanted. Laser. Cataplateau. Are you on those focus meds we heard so much about last episode? Because I, I don't think you're paying attention. I got distracted. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Well, anyway, so he started, uh, he was uh, from Oklahoma, becomes uh, a musician. He gets a big break where he gets to perform with a legend of culture folk music. Do you guys happen to know who a legend of that genre would be? Johnny Cash. Conway Twitty. Conway Twitty was a good fucking guess. I'm actually really proud of you. No. Bob Wills. Foghorn Leghorn. Yes. Foghorn Leghorn, a.k.a. the father of Western Swing. No. Bob Wills. A.k.a. Daddy. Oh, I don't like this. What have I done? <laughs> uh, anyway, so Bob Wills uh, is at the time is basically the American dream story of a person who started off doing, you know, his his western music, his, you know, I'm I grew up in this area, all that stuff. He he kind of became this monster star, right? And so, of course, who do you start off with if you want to be a master of that genre? But Bob Wills. And so, Spade Cooley became big enough that his manager helped get him a gig playing in Bob Wills's western gang, if you will. And they toured and all these things, but then Spade Cooley got a residency at a place of his own, and it blew up. It basically became an audience of thousands at a time when that didn't happen that often, I feel like. An audience of a thousand people before like the 1990? No, that did not happen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just looking for support. I keep talking. Before I... the Children's Choice Awards? Before the Kids' Choice Awards? No, that did not happen. Oh, thank God. I Yeah, I just need some support. I'm just, it's been a long 10 days, and I just need some support from my Bob Wills Texas Playboys. 
I understand that your back hurts from carrying the whole team, my man. Thank you, you, you for finally calling me a playboy. <laughs> You're very welcome. Because this, uh, listen, I'm the new playboy rabbit. All right, I don't like that, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and so the uh, the term Western swing, as I used previously, is often associated with either, and there's controversy on this, Bob Wills, who came before Spade Cooley, gave him his break, and then Cooley became about as popular as him for a short period of time, and Spade Cooley. Spade Cooley says that it was created by him and his um, promoter who used it to promote him in 1945, uh, shortly before he had his, or 1942, pardon me, shortly before he had his big hit, ironically called Shame on You in oh, 1945. No. This song oh, no. is about a per, like a person cheating on her husband. Mm, oops. I, and all the mistakes and how it's shame on you. And then later we find out that, of course... Like much art created in that way, it was ironic beyond belief. But of course, I should not fast forward in the story. So early to mid-1940s, he's becoming more popular and he has his huge hit, Shame on You. That leads to several other top 10 songs. I believe eight other, pardon me, six other top 10 singles. I'm so sorry. Within a year. Um, hey, Keon, did we forgive Matt? No. Okay. Continue, Matt. Thank you so much. Uh, and so that led to his career, you know, ballooning, of course. And um, in case anyone's wondering what, what caused him to get his nickname Spade, it was because when he was first starting his career and he was playing card games, he got a series of flushes that were all, who guessed it, uh, clubs. Uh, heart. Diamond. Yep. That was the only one we didn't say. <laughs> That's right. We've said all four now. But let our powers combine. No, wait. Sorry. It was spades. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That I forgot the Joker. That's the on one out usually. Clovers, I... red balloons, lucky charm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this episode is so wild. Yeah, there we go. Oh, have fun editing. Uh, anyway, so my point <laughs> is uh, he was doing that. He becomes uh, nicknamed Spade. Of course, his career takes off with this shame on you. It leads to him getting uh, massive tours, all these things, to the point where he now thinks... You know, he's this amazing guy. He deserves every woman. He deserves all the praise. Now I can start killing people. It causes his... <laughs> there's actually a, there's a point on YouTube, 10 million subscribers, and you can just indiscriminately start killing people. Is that like, true? We've actually quantified it now, yeah. Is that why PewDiePie and... They call him Mr. Beast for a reason. Oh. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, all right. That's, getting, a, that's getting his new back, TikTok challenge. Getting back to this serious story about this <laughs> a murderer, anyway. Uh, don't he, worry, mine's serious, too. He balloons <laughs> in popularity, right? And so he starts becoming about as big as we talked about previously. The man who basically gave him his start which uh, and, and, you know, put him in his band, Bob Wills, and they become uh, rivals. And so much so that after a lot of... Uh, let's say not so great interactions. They're booked for the same gig and he oh. gets bumped by Bob Wills in, or in favor of Bob Wills, I should say. And instead says, no, fuck you book us both. And we'll have a battle of the bands. <gasps> That's fucking rad. Like, oh my God. Wild level of ego to be like, no, I I'm better than this guy who gave me my start. Fuck him. I'm awesome. And that ego is reflected in everything that happens to him for the next 15 years. So first, he's becoming super popular. He stars in a series of films. You can find them all on IMDb. There's, I think, a, I think it said like 30 westerns or something nuts. Oh my god! Um, he starts off while he's learning. You know, while he's earning his music stripes, he starts off as a stand-in for several very popular actors of the era. That leads to bigger parts, all these things, and that causes him to land his own variety show. Yes, I shit you not, he had a variety show on KTLA oh, in Los Angeles, and that show ran for 10 years. Now. Whoa. Yes. 10 years. Yeesh. I'm not, and, and it was super popular, and then of course, as all shows do, they wane in popularity over time, but what really caused the problem was that as it gets to the later part of the 50s, near the early 60s, what happens in music? Wait, in the late 50s, early 60s, um, I'm pretty sure Trap started around that time, right? I think the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog was born around there. 
I don't know why I think that you guys... The first coming of Jesus. Like yeah. that, that was in Daft Punk. Like That's when they you know, fell into the pit of lava and emerged with robot heads. Why would I ever fucking think that you guys would, would ever like help me with real answers? I don't know. Right, I'm it's I don't know. obvious. Was it Dead Mouse? Of course, it's... Did Dead Mouse start there? Yes, it's Dead Mouse. Rolling Rock beer came around. <laughs> Sorry, you... I meant de- I meant Dead Mouse Five. <laughs> oh fuck, that Rolling Rock joke got me. Uh, um, no, PBR. Uh, <laughs> Dead Mouse Five. Fucking rock and roll. Nine Henham. It's fucking uh, rock and roll. And his contemporaries, it's Elvis Presley and, and Buddy Holly. Yes, rock, it's rock, and, rock roll. and roll. I understand. <laughs> rock and roll contemporaries <laughs> starts becoming very popular in the late fifties, early sixties, and subsequently the Western swing genre starts to die. Unfortunately, his show, uh, the Hoffman Hayride. I don't think I mentioned that's that. that's what it was called. That was the name Ooh, of the show. man, that sounds like a sex act. I doesn't it a little I, bit. Yeah, holy moly! Man, people talk about like I don't know, like the Cleveland Steamer and shit. Like we need to talk about the Hoffman Hayride. It's it sounds wild, and I hope that somebody named uh, a sex act after it. But based anyway. on the title of this article, I don't want to know how the Hoffman Hayride ends. Oh, <laughs> so dark. All right, with anyway. your variety show getting canceled, of so, course. So yes, that's a great segue. Thank you. And so, of course, as that happens, fewer and fewer people are watching this show, which used to be so popular that supposedly I think they said one in five households in Los Angeles or something nuts. Uh, we're watching this show every time, every week, and so it gets canceled towards the end of the 50s, and it basically makes Cooley, who had had, you know, a bit of a not great series of episodes and behavior towards both women and his friends, uh, people described him as being somebody who would, let's say, uh, imbibe, and as this article says, uh, Go off in the drunken deep. Oh, there we go. Is that a direct quote from the article? Yes. Go off the drunken deep end, if you will. We could have had it all. You, of, you beat me to it. I'll, I'll cite Dr- my source. Drunken deep end. I got a lot of this I information. I got the rest of the quote, but I kept singing over my head. I got most of this information from both Murderpedia. Yes, that website exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's nuts, man. It is really nuts. And Wide Open Country, which wrote an entire article about it because, of course, he was a country legend that became a murderer. Matt, I don't want to be rude. But my my bloodlust has been subsided long enough. I need you, please. Feed I'm the sorry. Beast. Okay, so tell me th- about this brutal, <laughs> brutal murder. Feed Mr. Beast. Like, comment, subscribe. Feed Mr. Beast. Let me get ten thousand. I've built subscribers. him up as this amazing Hollywood person, right? Like he made all this music. He had this great su- successful show. He's a great musician. You know, supposedly, you know, that sounds pretty good, right? But then to fill you in on the bad side of him, throughout his career, many people described him as again somebody who would go off and drink, which resulted in and I shit you not, in an unproduced manuscript, his manager said that he had paid off 10 women within a year oh, to no. get abortions oh in my order God. to hide his affairs with his what first oh, boy. I also oh want to say God. something. Mine's actually slightly lighter. I was thinking of our next episode. So I, I can introduce some levity here. Good. All right. Yeah, mine's fun. My, my topic is less of this. Good. So that leads to... A series of behavior like that, which leads him to leave his wife for Ella May. Now, I feel like you guys at one point have heard about Ella May because her murder from him was super famous for a long time because he left to be with her, who was a singer in his band that he gave the start to when they started their affair, and he left, and then at one point, reportedly... Prior to their divorce, this was one day before she filed for divorce, she ended up in the hospital and begged and pleaded to not be released in order to prevent her from being harmed. Whoa. Yeah. So like I gotta ask, is she the first part of that one that one band? Which one? The uh LMFAO. <sighs> Uh, LMA, Fio, LMA, uh, like hey, LMA. Laser, LMA could you go ahead and press uh, F so he can shut the fuck up? Anyway, so, so LMA, LMA, rest in peace. Rest in peace, wonderful woman who was murdered by this man. Oh shit, we were still talking about that. Yes, so she. I can make some murder jokes. We can go there. How to make a murder joke? <laughs> Shortly after filing for divorce, when she requested as a last grant of a wish. To be driven by him to her parents. 
Now, yeah. this is a comedy podcast. I'm not going to get into... Is it now? I honestly forget. <laughs> Jesus, I thought we were on true crimes. I'm not going to get into like the idea, the, the specifics, if you will, of, of the murder. But suffice it to say, if you'd like to look into it more, there has actually been a lot about the murder. There was an episode of... Uh, on the investigation discovery channel of their show on one of their shows for true crime about it. There's a lot of information out there. Of course, murderpedia, you could look that up as well. It is, is not great. And despite the fact that he murders her basically in cold blood and waits to call for an ambulance until he's sure she's dead. Oh, he at his trial, though he was convicted is getting kissed and hugged by the jurors because of their sadness about losing this like i guess famous man that like gave music that saved them in some way oh, like just a fucked up celebrity moment in an era where like not only was that heightened and nostalgia for all that was heightened for the west by the way which we still have nostalgia for the west that drives me nuts but it was also during a time where like spousal abuse and spousal problems was pretty much just like fanned away and like waved away in a way that yeah so I have two things to say. One, uh, abuse is bad. Please get help if you're uh, in, please, in a relationship please. like Absolutely. that. Or you know anything about a relationship like that. Number two, Laser, what's your topic? I need to fucking wash hey my mouth out with I have soap. two more things. I'm really sorry. You fucking don't. <laughs> I, do I teased not. it. I can't not do it. So karma Jeez, claims what? Coolie. More murder? I said that he, he gets karma, karmatically killed, remember? He gets kissed by the trial so or whatever you said. He gets kissed at the trial. He gets sentenced to life in, in prison. And then, of course, he's going to get, you know, the worst thing in the world. He's going to get let off early because he had a heart attack, right? Oh, my he God. Has, he agrees to do this concert. He gets a standing ovation in the middle of it. And halfway through, he drops dead of a heart attack at the concert. Uh, <laughs> Damn. He was going to go and live the rest of his life free. And he has this show where everyone's loving him and instead he dies. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's too good for him. Oh, it's way too good. But I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. like, the man could have lived the rest of his life not in prison after only serving seven years. Like, fuck oh that my guy. God. I mean, to be fair, he did live the rest of his life not in prison. It just wasn't very long. <laughs> that's a fair enough point. All right. I'm sorry, guys. If you want to look into this more, it was really intriguing. I tried to find something that I never do for topics. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sorry if I ramble a little. But for God's sakes, what an interesting story of a Western star and a, maybe a little bit of a wake-up call on like these stars that you're maybe envying or something are real people. And sometimes they're great and sometimes they're really shitty. Yeah, Chris Brown. Hey, guys. <laughs> Shit. Hey, guys. Yes, hey, Laser. laser. Um, how about some levity? And I have some levity in the form of a why question. Okay. Uh, and just so y'all know, I'm doing pretty good. Like yeah, a lot of crazy stuff going on, working long hours, but I'm making good money and I'm uh, looking at opportunity in the future. And guys, why? Yes. Is one? Why did one game show? Wow. <laughs> you gotta leave it in now. I, that was impressive. Wow. <laughs> why did one game show? Wow. Burp. Why did Sorry. one? <laughs> why did one game show? Oh, I'm save sorry, Laser. A- Let me slurp this real quick while you're trying oh to answer. God. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Laser. I'm keeping in my burp and nothing else. Hey, <laughs> cutting up the rest <laughs> of the podcast, just uploading a burp. Oh, that's genius. Hey guys, why? Yes. Has one game show saved millions of lives? Huh. Ooh. Fuck, that's good. Um, so, so here's the thing. I mean, I guess I would say it's more than millions of lives, but I don't want to talk about Family Feud in a way that that like touts it because you know there are some problems with Family Feud, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. it really has changed and saved millions of lives. I mean, the the fact that families can now sit in a room on television and make Steve Harvey roll his eyes, like I don't think there is anything else you can do to save a family. You know, like, sure, you could probably go to, like, therapy or work on your issues, talk to each other. But, like, Family Feud really found that way to, like, monetize bringing families together in Orlando, Florida, you know? Is it in Orlando? Yeah, it's shot in Orlando. I know what I'm doing this weekend. (laughs) I'm breaking onto the set of Family Feud. (laughs) He pauses the podcast. That's the end of this episode. Did you guys see that they had to build, like, a special apparatus for uh, Steve Harvey's eyes? Because they keep rolling out of his head. I fucking love you so much. Laser. Zinger. Bazinga. I'll be here all day. Anyway, um, hey, Keon, do you have an answer? Um, Yeah. Uh, Jeopardy. Jeopardy's amazing. I love it. Please, everyone, go watch Jeopardy. Um, Wheel of Fortune's okay, but Jeopardy's where you like earn your real salt. And it's it's making millions of 
lives of dollars. I don't remember exactly what Laser said, but it's because it's teaching the youths to, to value knowledge. And I love the it. The youths? The youths are poisoning your horses. Okay, do your topic. Yeah. Hey, hey guys. Um, Hey, Matt. What's up? Hey, Keon. Hey, that's me. You're up for the price is oh, right. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. The Price is Right began in 1956 as a television game show hosted by Bill Cullen. A lot of people don't know that, but was what? revamped in 1972. Oh. The important version. The 1972 version was originally hosted by Bob Barker, and then in 2007, Drew Carey has hosted the program since in the show contestants compete to win cash and prizes by guessing the pricing of merchandise it has been critically successful and remains a stalwart in the television ratings it has also managed to break away from the quiz show format that used to be in other game shows that is used in other game shows still very much used not used to be <laughs> so it's been adapted to several international formats and in 2013 tv guide ranked it number five in the list of 60 greatest game shows of all time Hell yeah. Jesus, thank you for getting your topic out so fast since I took 30 minutes to do mine. Well, you know, I value people's time. And... Oh, that <laughs> oh, hurts. Oh, so yes, um, there oh, was, uh, in September 4th, 1972, there were uh, two forms, the daily version on CBS with Bob Barker as the host, and a weekly version eventually dubbed the nighttime prices, right? Hosted by Dennis James, but no one gives a shit about that one. No one cares. Because Barker took over the nighttime version in 1977, uh, and he hosted both until the nighttime version was discontinued in 1980. And this is all awesome, but hey, guys, um, you know what probably wasn't on the prices, right? What? what? Um, a fucking shovel, but you know what uh, was on the prices, right? <laughs> what was? Um, at the end of every episode featuring Bob Barker, he says, and remember, folks, always spay and neuter your pets. So, um, oh. you know, you get your pets neutered or you can get them spade oh i thought you were gonna say euthanize hey i knew that's that's where this was going because this began in 1979 and for the next three decades bob barker host of price is right signed off with that message which became his mantra and it was the rallying cry of a revolution that turned america into a spay and neuter nation Direct quote from lifewithcats.tv. Oh, oh my I thought you God. came up with that and it was amazing. And now I'm like, fuck, man, he's not as cool as I thought. <laughs> I wish I was that cool. Here, I'll come up with something. Um, uh-huh. You want me to give you a countdown? Like a three, two, one? Yeah, yeah. Something? All right. Counting down. Three, two, one. It was thanks to Bob Barker ejaculating that phrase every <laughs> single night at the end of his television show that caused us to destroy the reproductive systems of felines across the nation. Does that sound good? That was, yeah, let's um, That was some Ken Burnsian shit. Let's do like a take two. Let's do a, let's try it sure, again. Sure, sure. Take two? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, three, two, one. It was the words of that old host man who caused us to butcher and maim our kittens, our cats, to make sure they never bear fruit. Do you have anything else for your topic? Our country, our country shames the cats. They shame their reproduction and we destroy their means. I... What were we? Where am I? Do you need more for your? Because t- this is gold. I want to do this for like two more hours, but right, I feel right, like no, the audience doesn't. Yeah, give me one more. Give me one more. All right, we're gonna do one more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In three, two, one. Yeah, and Bob Barker was like, "Hey guys, spay new to your pets," and we were like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> so, um, well done. Yes, standing ovation. Woo! So Perfect. the whole reason that this was happening, it was estimated about 83% of owned dogs and 91% of owned cats are now spayed and neutered in the United States. 83% of dogs and 91% of cats. In the 1970s, it was 10%. Whoa. Wow. That is crazy. So all I'm saying is dogs and cats, they were fucking. Uh, Barker's, Bob Barker's voice, a funny Barker, right? Am I dogs? Uh, so Bob Barker's voice. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> bark, bark. Holy shit, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. He was a dog in disguise trying to make sure cats don't reproduce. Aww, that's so, why he was so beloved, because he was so sweet. 
Cats versus dogs. He was Bob Barker's a good boy. He's still alive. Yeah. Oh, is he really? Dude. Like, isn't that weird? He's so fucking old. All right, guys. Um, so <laughs> now that I said that, he's gonna die like tomorrow. So Why animal welfare organizations that? like the Humane Society and an army of animal welfare advocates made it their mission to reduce the staggering number of unwanted animals euthanized every single day. Aww. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Their war in the 1970s. 20 million animals were euthanized every single year. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Thank God for God for Bob Barker. Am I right? Yes. Thank God for Bob Barker. Thank God for God Barker. <laughs> thank Barker for God, Bob. Hey, Keon, do you have a topic? Because this no, has no, no, been no, a no, blast. No, no. So anyway, um, so today uh, we have dropped to 2.4 million animals a year. Oh my God. We have dropped almost 90%. That's honestly insane. Like That is genuinely insane. Even in context, the idea that a TV show simply stating something at the end of its broadcast changed that epidemic so much like fuck dude good for him it wasn't just him but i mean i'll be damned if it didn't get that message out to more people than anything else because like i don't watch the prices right that often like i know it exists but even i know that catchphrase you know what i mean like anybody knows that catchphrase yeah. from him so that means that like really he made it ubiquitous it, it's it's crazy and like progress is still being made heck yeah hey keon hey it's me how are you doing eh Sorry, buddy. <laughs> All right, so Keon, what's your topic? So, um, I my my question to both of you is why is a certain David been going downhill since the year two thousand? Oh, I mean, well, there was this kid David I knew in elementary school. I loaned mm-hmm. him my copy of Pokemon Fire Red because I was a dumb piece of shit. Um, and he deleted my save game. Oh my god! And he made it all the way to the Elite Four. So I mean, like, oh. honestly, he made it further than I did. So. But I mean, I was more of an emerald boy anyway over fire red. So like I, I, I managed and everything. But I mean, clearly, like someone like that is not getting any better after, you know, I mean, we were we went like 2002. I imagine he didn't start out great. So who knows where he's at now? Jesus Christ. Fuck David. He'd see fucking reset my Pokemon <laughs> game. Fucking my Bulbasaur. Oh, man, that's my favorite one of the original three. Yeah, my Bulbasaur. You know why? Because Bulbasaur is just doing his best. Anyway, Keon, what was your question? <laughs> yeah, why has a certain Dave been going downhill since the year 2000? All right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to like blow up your spot or anything, but Dave Ramsey... <sighs> You know, he was a chef. <laughs> you you know what? And You're right, Matt. He was a chef. Like, he used to cook, dude. Like, you know food? He used to make it all the time. Oh, Just like them horses. Like, I mean, them chefs. And now he's... What? Like, is he a chef, you know? Uh, I mean, I doubt he stopped cooking. I don't know if he's still a chef. But is he a chef? I mean, in modern times, you don't really need to cook too much. But, like... <laughs> You know what I'm saying, Keon? Exactly. Dave Ramsey. Like, is he still a chef, you know? American radio show host and businessman. Dave Ramsey's not a chef, guys. Do you just make up a fucking person? (laughs) You know what, guys? I'm starting to think this Dave Ramsey guy's not a chef. I think he's an American radio show host and businessman. (laughs) And I love that neither of you got it. (laughs) I'm starting to think in 1992, he started his radio career by co-hosting The Money Game with Roy Matlack of Primera. Oh my God, you've brought up this person before. I literally have one. Honestly, I'm starting to think that in 2007, the Fox Business Network launched a television show under the same title, The Dave Ramsey show but dave ramsey is not great one two i was making a joke because dave ramsey is the businessman and gordon ramsey is the chef and nobody gave a shit about my joke honestly guys i'm sorry you think dave ramsey supported the debt snowball method where debtors paid off their lowest balance <laughs> debt first instead of paying off their highest interest rate debt first <laughs> oh my god this is better than i ever could have done so keon oh, answer your question wait, wait, i have one more answer Sorry, go ahead. Um, clearly, um, you know, it's a all kids. I love going arcades and everything, but it's clearly Buster's been doing the heavy lifting. Like Dave, I don't <laughs> even know. All right, anyway, oh Keon, your turn. That's so dumb. Keon, save us, please. Keon. So I'm about to talk about a certain gentleman that we all know and love from our childhoods. I don't know. Known as David Spade. Santa Claus. Oh. Oh, I was thinking Krampus. But also, yeah, wow, you guys had very different childhoods. Um, <laughs> well, Matt's Jewish. Uh, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, born in July 22nd of 1964 in Birmingham, Michigan, uh, David Spade was born to parents. I didn't write them down. 
Um, he and was guess, born to parents. He was born to a set of parents, I assume. That's he, good. He was born to parents as opposed to an uncle and an aunt. Yeah. He became a stand-up comedian, a writer, actor, and TV personality in that order. I mean, like, comedian more of a thing that he was doing and writer and actor and TV personality kind of eh, is on the side. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. But he started uh, on the cast of, guess what show, guys? Give me, Give me some... Oh, I, I got it. Hold on. Oh, um, I, I, I got it. The Dave Ramsey Show. <laughs> yes. So he started in the late to mid 2000s on the Dave Ramsey on Fox News. In the Dave Ramsey, not the Dave Ramsey Show. In the yes. Dave Ramsey. We just talked about it. It was the Hoffman Hayride. Oh, <laughs> man. I should have known that he did that before he was born. Fuck. Exactly. No, he was a cast member on the popular television show Saturday Night Live. Woo! Oh, <laughs> yes, the, the popular television show featuring John Cena. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was on there from the year 1990 to the year 1996. And the reason for him, he instead of being fired or whatever, he quit due to the fact that he felt like he was being burned out. Uh, he said that it was a tough place that ages you in dog years, which is adorable to think. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a really cute quote for a guy that has a lot of problems, let's be oh, honest. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of which, like his stand-up comedy usually centers around like heavy sarcasm and heavy self-deprecation. So saying like, "Oh, I do this, I do that, I'm like bad at whatever," but also a lot of sarcasm. And fun fact: this is a fun fact that uh, he actually is a stepbrother of who's another famous Spade. Uh, uh, um, uh, Spade Cooley. Spade Cooley. Uh, yes. Oh he shit! Was, uh, yeah, Dave Ramsey. He was nephew of both of them. Uh, no, he was actually the stepbrother of. Kate Spade, the owner of Kate Spade, is Spade New York brand, like that entire clothing company. Really? Um, oh. He's actually a co-founder. He helped co-found that entire brand with his stepsister. So he doesn't have to work at all. That- he never really did, I guess, <laughs> like, at this Just, point. That company makes so much money? Yeah, yeah. No, he's a, he's a smart boy. Um, and even smarter still, because listen to this. Ooh, listen to this good, good set of... <laughs> Set of films. Are you are you about to shoot the goss, bro? I, I'm about to s- spill that tea, if y'all know what I mean. Ooh. Um, yeah. So he's been in Tommy Boy, pretty good movie, 1995. Love that movie. Black Sheep, don't even know what the fuck that is, 96. Oh, that also starred Chris Farley. It was great. Joe Dirt, which I have a huge soft spot for. Oh, fuck. Is, I was trying do. to remember where I recognized his name from, and it was fucking yeah, Joe Dirt. Fuck yeah, 2001. Fucking Joe Dirt. Fucking pride, fucking dog's balls and the special on the porch. What a fucking <laughs> awful movie. Listen, fuck you. That movie's amazing. It's God, amazing it and it's terrible. Genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen and it's amazing. The pinnacle of the Comedy Central daytime television television uh, content. I fucking saw awful. That I loved when it. When I had cable more times than I would like to admit in the middle of the day or in the fucking uh, butt-ass middle of the night, you know? What a fucking awful movie. And then they made a sequel in 2015 where they had Joe Dirt 2. I just keep um, remembering scenes from it as we talk about this, and it's just so fucking bad. I, for, yeah, I, I remember when I saw the sequel was released, and I was like, I didn't hear about this until it was like in Redbox, and I was terrified to watch it because I couldn't believe they made a sequel. Did you see it? Has anybody seen it? No. Hell no. You know what? Laser, your job is to look up how poor reviewed it was right now let's all right oh yes please please compare the two sure we'll play Um, our little rotten tomatoes game yes he also made uh he also was in beautiful loser 2015 in grown-ups one and two 2010 and 2013 respectively both of them kind of meh movies i get why people like them like it's just a bunch of kind of like rich douches hanging out Mm -hmm. and having fun and like ribbing each other but like it's not my cup of tea wasn't he in Uh, bench warmers also in the mid-2000s I don't think so. I don't. Well, maybe. I don't know. Like these are just his the standout roles on Wikipedia. Oh, I gotcha. Thank you, Wikipedia. I'm citing my sources, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Father of the Year in 2018, and he was the voice. Uh, he was a couple of voices on Beavis and Butthead, and he's the voice of the Invisible Man in the Hotel Transylvania series. And the reason for all of that and why mm-hmm. he's still a lucky bastard is because he happens to be one of the friends of Adam Sandler, of course. which means that he will uh, have money in perpetuity for the rest of his life. Adam Sandler's made so many fucking people's careers. It's so true. For some fucking reason, people still go see Adam Sandler movies, and literally all they've turned into is like, hey, buddy, do you have a DSLR? Let's just film 
ourselves fucking around for oh, two hours you. and then post it as a movie and maybe put a little CGI in there. I like Adam Sandler, but there's a lot of bad movies he's done. Really, the Netflix contract was the worst thing to happen is to a, to his career because oh, then because then it had nobody to like tell him no, and so now he just you're misunderstanding the timeline by which his movies got bad because I think it was a little earlier than that. Well, Jack and Jill was the worst thing to happen to his career, but the problem is that Jack and Jill basically bombing made studios like not want to work with him for a while and so then instead he gets this massive deal where he's basically told you can spend as much as you want on movies with your friends and we won't tell you no about anything and i mean there's a market for it there's a market for it and uh, hey guys all of his movies have turned into that what let's play a game oh right okay. sorry go ahead. so what is the rotten tomatoes rating for joe dirt uh 99 matt uh, 99, wait, sorry, 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 98, Price is Right rules. Ah, uh, 54. Uh, that's going to be 11%. Oh, <laughs> I was so generous. What's the critic score and what's the uh, audience score? I'm going to guess that 11% is the critic score, but I'm going to guess that it's more like 48 for the audience score. That, my friend, is 11% for the, to, uh, for the critic score. And per 323,548 oh audience ratings, 63%. There hey. it is. That's what I wanted. It, listen, mm-hmm. if you are if you were motivated enough to look up a 2001 movie on Rotten Tomatoes, you're doing it to give it a good score. Here's the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. That movie is a gem. Okay? It really is. Like, there's it's bad. There's so much bad about it. But th- there's also something absolutely beautiful about the fact that it got made all right like that movie is that movie should be in a museum about early 2000s comedies <laughs> it belongs in a museum but guys but guys joder too can it really be worse than 11 percent? there's 10 more 10 whole more percents under that that it could be if not better N- no based on what you said i think it's going to be critic score one percent audience score 69 Hey. <laughs> I had to get it in because you couldn't say it. Actually, That's audience score is 420. That's really weird. <laughs> Fucking God. <laughs> he beat your joke. I'm so proud of him. Um, I'm going to go with a 6% critic score and a 32% audience score. That is going to be a 10% critic score and 22% hmm. audience score. Oh, Ooh, that's not sad. As well received. All right, that leads us to our next segment, which it is It totally doesn't because I haven't topic. finished the entire point of why I brought up the topic of to the year 2000, because guess what happened in the year 2000? What? Um, ooh, let's see. Um, a little... Uh, did you just snort <laughs> cocaine? Did you say a little... <laughs> like, what? Yeah, sorry. It was just you know, taking me back. <laughs> You know, to 2000 when I snorted a lot of cocaine, just a little three-year-old baby snorting some cocaine, just getting my nose. I'm okay. not going to wait around for either of you. Fuck Keon, please uh, It was actually us. a little ditty called The Emperor's New Groove. Oh. The beautiful, beautiful Emperor's New Groove. One of my favorite animated movies of all time. So good. Fucking great. Mm-hmm. He played Emperor Cusco. Damn. Uh, alongside of a beautiful, amazing cast. John Goodman playing Pacha. Uh, Eartha Fuck Kitt yeah. playing Yzma. Uh, Patrick Warburton playing Kronk. Like, so good. And every single character has their own personality. A quick cliff notes of the uh, kind of like log line for the movie is that an entitled prince who learns to be less of a dick after being turned into a llama instead of being poisoned to death by... They were trying to, like, poison him. It was super good. And every single character is really charming. And I really wanted to plug this because some of the sequences in the movie are just absolutely hilarious. Like, this it's was so good. Oh, yeah. more or less like kind of a throwaway movie when you, like, think of it in the, you know... Disney lineage, but a lot of work went into it, and like a lot of it's it's really fantastic. And the one the one sequence in specific, like please please go look this up right now and just remember how how good it is. Is the diner scene uh, when they're uh, they've gone on this long journey and they're like let's go eat, and then they go to like a diner in like Aztec area uh-huh. like place and it's like themed after that and it's hilarious and so it's uh, not only the bad guys being there and being tired and eating at a diner in the middle of fucking nowhere but mm-hmm. also the good guys being tired and eating in a diner in the middle of fucking nowhere <laughs> and then they're like they keep passing each other it's really really that great that whole sequence is great I think like that and the poison sequence like when she's yes. making the poison those are the mm-hmm. two best parts of the movie 
Uh, yeah, the poison. Poison from Cusco. <laughs> Cusco's poison. That's not a bad impression. Yeah. And the one thing that's slightly depressing about it is that even though it is fantastic, it only grossed $169.3 million out of its $100 million budget. A lot of work went into it. So Can you it, repeat that? I only heard 69. Yeah, me too. Fuck off. Okay, <laughs> $169 million out of its $100 million budget. All right. But that's a movie that's grown an audience for sure afterwards. I mean, to punctuate that, it actually, by the way, it came with like weird like... CD-ROM that you could play some games on, that was like one of the first CD-ROMs I ever had as a kid. But the thing that's really cool about it is that it actually had a second life through DVDs. And in 2001, it was the top-selling DVD of that year. So it shows that people really love the movie, and it's a good time. So go watch it again. It's really great. Don't watch it for David Spade. I mean, he does a really, really good job, but like, there's just so much better about it. It might still be on Netflix, because that's where I watched it probably a few months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it was one of the most popular things on Netflix when they put it up there. And it'll almost definitely be on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Enjoy it for as long as you can on Netflix. So, what does that bring us to, my friends? Hey, guys, here's a little segment called Why Not We're Most Choose About a Credit Debate. That was better than the first one you cut out. All right, so let's talk about uh, Matt doing the topic. He's going to say, Why Not Comedy Movies? Huh, I like that. Why Not Comedy Movies? You guys go first. I can go anyway. Keon negative. I'm definitely positive. I'm the most positive here. I can I can definitely play neutral. All right, cool. Okay. Do we want to start negative? Do we want to start positive? Do we want oh, to Oh, I'll start. I'll start, motherfuckers. This go is ahead, the buddy. laziest form of filmmaking for a lot of things. That's true. Whenever you see any of those that are just we were like- We're just talking about Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that, you know what's actually fucked up about that? That actually has a little bit more tact put into it than a lot of comedy movies oh, that come absolutely. out. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because they're just- they're just like a bunch of comedians standing in front of a camera and doing like two two shot angles where it's one person on one side of the screen, another person on the <laughs> other side of the screen, and switch back and forth of them improving for like ten minutes, and there's fucking nothing to it. That's not a movie. That's a little stand up routine. That's fucking nothing, and it really frustrates me sometimes. You're hilarious, Keon, because you're saying they stand, and some of them are like really good. But I mean, like it's become the formula right now that whenever you see a, if you see like this comedy that's just like an, a fucking word of some sort, and then it says with all of these really popular names, it usually just turns into that. Now there's a lot more that goes into them, of course, like and. Some of them have some really cool CGI or whatever. Yeah. But the best ones are the ones that have like really cool uh, animated comedies are really great. Even the less stellar ones usually have some sort of interest in there, something interesting that's happening or like the animation style can actually do something interesting. And like even Sausage Party was awful, but there is still some redeeming qualities about that movie. Like I still enjoyed my time there. Fucking terrible movie. But animation like, is, is impressive though. In I, exactly. I've only seen Sausage Party once and I was perhaps in an extremely altered state of mind. Uh (laughs) Um, So, and I still hated it. Let me just say that. Let me just say I was (laughs) very drunk. And I mean, to the point where like things didn't matter and I still hated it. I don't remember very much about that movie. Fuck, it sucked. Yeah, no, cartoon comedies have a lot of amazing stuff put into them, but a lot of, like, live-action comedies are really lacking. The best ones are ones that are created by, like, really amazing directors like Edgar Wright that have a vision, and they're like, okay, well, this is how I can use the medium of film to elevate the funny stuff, or Mm -hmm. at least make it interesting to watch. So that's my my two cents on that. Oh, um, so neutral is what I chose. (laughs) So um, I'm going to start with the positives. Um, I mean, comedy movies, like just as like a form of media in general, and especially one that's kind of meant to make people laugh and uplift. It is conceptually as it is a very positive thing. Like when a comedy movie is executed well and it is, you know, like uh, ideally not very controversial, you know, it or at least not harmingly controversial. It is a good form of media. And this is sort of like I've talked about guilty pleasure movies in the past. Just even if a comedy movie is bad, if it's not like instilling you with worse views and it makes you happy, it has done its job as a comedy movie. That's fair. Yeah, that's my biggest thing about it. I do not look to comedy movies as a means of advancing the form of art that is film. Mm -hmm. Because Matt, who is one of the most critical film people that I know, to the point where sometimes I watch a movie for the first time in a year and they say something about it negative and I'm just like, I'm going to fucking punch you in the face because I finally <laughs> saw a fucking movie and they're going to go and tell me, no, it wasn't Listen, that good. Rocket Man was bad. Fuck you. Continue. I will literally Oof. rip off your head and shit down your neck. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> anyway. Elton John. Matt, is- give us the posies. I'm going to give you some posies. So here's the thing. 
Uh, much like Laser said, I think my biggest positive is is the excuse for what you said. Like, yes, obviously many comedy movies are very simplistic in their film usage. Like, it's, you know, let's do a wide so we have the whole thing and then just a ridiculous number of close-ups or two shots that they can improv in. And I get that. Like, in terms of there's there's not as much ambitious about that in terms of the film form. But there is actually a lot in terms of the jokes that are being done, the story itself, the level of comedy, the forms of comedy, like a lot of different types of sketch comics and um, stand-ups that had a different sense of humor that have kind of led to a new, more modern version of comedy that we kind of have that's a lot of off-kilter type of comedy, like an alternative comics has come through the evolution of comedy movies to an extent, especially like indie comedies that had like more to it, you know? And I'm not saying that some comedy movies aren't just like, well, fuck, they just like lit it super bright and did two shots. And like, there's nothing about them that's exciting in any way. But I think that like my biggest problem with comedy movies is if the movie was made to make people laugh and tell a story and it did that, I feel like people shit on it way too much. You know, I would like to apologize for what happened earlier, um, where Matt uh, gave his opinion on the movie Rocket Man. Oh my god! That, oh, oh, also when I said that thing to him, but mostly that part. Um, so I did get to get my negatives about uh, comedy films because Matt was uh, expressing his opinion. Oh my god! Uh, so um, the negatives of comedy films is, as I was saying, like a uh, good non-problematic comedy film. That is good. I mean, like, if you enjoy it and it's not, like, making people shittier, it's a very good film because it fulfills exactly what it's for, which is all you can ever ask from any piece of media or thing. So the negatives, obviously, is when it does continue to instill awful views you know Mm -hmm. there's been some incredibly racist shit some incredibly bigoted shit just things like that and a comedy like people say oh it's fine to make these sort of jokes but the problem is that like you're enforcing that it is a right thing in the wrong people and that's what's up that's just some little social justice for you (laughs) and uh oh let's take a break (laughs) no i'm just kidding matt you got something to say Uh, well no i was just gonna say i i agree with all those negatives in terms of i think those are also facets of media in general that like that's the problem. Like if you for like what Keon's saying, sometimes a drama is just fucking garbage. Like sometimes it's just like, oh, my God, everything's dramatic and there's no actual story. And there's just a bunch of beats where we're supposed to cry or whatever. And that's that's bad. But I think either thing done in in the exact way that you said, Laser, which is like made for what it's supposed to serve as that purpose and then succeeding in that. That's like that's the point. So like to me, anything that can make me laugh and generally feel something like I think the best comedies are dramedies because they make you connect to the characters and then they're fucking hilarious and if that and I would say like dramedy movies and and comedy movies like in a lot of ways help me get through life you know and I'm really happy that you have that man let's buy a rake yeah let's do it oh actually I need a a spade spade. I've got a rake I need a spade Let's get Let's a Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to Why Spade. You can find a Why a podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and Neopets. At Why a Podcast as W H Y A P O D C A S T, except for Neopets, which is W H Y underscore A underscore P O D C A S T. Guess what? I have like the worst toothache of my life, and I cannot even think straight. So, like, I am really proud that this episode got edited at all. You're all welcome. So, please feel free to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts because, man, that helps us out a whole bunch, seriously. And if we get 50 of those reviews, then we're going to be having a, a fantastic episode where <laughs> Laser Elric will be eating a habanero pepper, and I'm going to be super stoked to watch that. Uh, on top of that, if we get 250 reviews or likes on our Facebook page, then we are going to be doing a raffle where one of you lucky Facebook likers will be getting a free 3D print from my company, Print 3D LLC. So we'll be raffling that off once we hit that milestone. And finally, if we get 150 subscribers to our lovely podcast, we'll be making an episode completely for you guys. So the episode will just be anything that you guys want. We'll make a thread on our Facebook page and just comment with whatever you want us to do in that episode. It'll be super fun. And uh, lastly, I want to thank our good, good buddy boy, Evan Draper at Silo Digital. 
That's P-S-Y-L-O Digital on social media for helping us with our theme music. It's so good. It's so wonderful. And if you guys like the show and you like what we're doing, then please feel free to shoot us a question, future topic, or personal why question at whyapodcast at gmail.com. That's again, W-H-Y-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And we'll get to those topics. We'll have a good old time. Right now we're going through a, like a card game thing. Super fun. I can't wait for us to, well, I was going to tease that we'd be doing a Yu-Gi-Oh thing, but we haven't yet. And we might not. That'd be cool if we did. Like a Dark Magician episode. I mean, like, I don't know how much we could do with that. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Let's get back to that show. Have a good one. Ow, my tooth. Ow, that hurt a little bit. Good Whoa, Matt. Actually, after that break, I really gotta agree with you. Um, movies are bad. I can't believe you, like, turned I, around what? and then convinced me movies are bad when I thought that was my view from the start. Okay. What a good break. You know what? <laughs> I'm just... Uh... No, I guess we're on movies, and I'm upset because Rocket Man wasn't wasn't a very good movie. Hey we, guys, we now here's a little segment sh- called Personal Why, where we go around the table, ask a personal why question to all of us, and uh, let's answer question. Hey guys, what's your favorite? Why fuck? <laughs> <laughs> why is your favorite oh, game good. show your favorite game show? That oh, was one of those moments okay. where you see someone stumbling down the stairs, and you think they're gonna like catch themselves, and, <laughs> and then, then they, they don't. fucking hit their head. I here's fantastic. the thing: I keep catching myself and then i keep trying to throw myself down the stairs and i haven't landed yet i love that question though i'm glad that even though we didn't plan you came up with a great question on the why is your favorite game show your favorite game show and mine fellas is yes probably honestly i'm gonna say jeopardy yo yeah jeopardy is it's like i think it's a combination of nostalgia and just how like in the end, it's kept to its basic premise. Like, there's no overcomplication with Jeopardy. The, the rules are pretty clearly laid out. Like, the most exciting thing that happens in here, everything is, oh, a daily double, you know? Yeah. But it's straightforward. It is literally educational. And it's it's one of those things where you can just sit in a lazy boy armchair, put on the Jeopardy channel, whatever the fuck, put on Jeopardy, and just, like, sit for an hour and just go, like... Huh, I knew that. I could have got that. That $1,000 would have been mine. I should be on Jeopardy. And that's my story. Let me go next because mine's also Jeopardy. <laughs> that, uh, my family and I, we actually have had a longstanding tradition that from in my household from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. is the block where they have Wheel of Fortune and then Jeopardy. And every time Wheel of Fortune comes up, like my mom and I can basically guess all of them. And she's like, you should go on Wheel of Fortune. I'm like, that's a fucking fool's game. You got to play Jeopardy. You got to play. Yeah, I ain't playing checkers. I'm playing 4D chess, bitch. So like, Damn. I, I don't call my mom a bitch. That would, that would be mean. 4D chess. How do you play 40 at once? So Jeopardy's really good, and I uh, I really like it just because of the fact that like my parents have always just been like you should take the online test and go pee on Jeopardy. I'm like no, I would not because I I'm I'm smart here now in the comfort of my home. Out in front of people, I would just say garbage meme stuff instead of actual answers. So true. I really love Jeopardy for the fact that it is just answers and you need to jump on it and the fact that there is a format that you need to give your answer in kind of adds another layer of obfuscation that you're like oh i know the answer but if you don't say it in the right way that's kind of messed up and it's just it it really lets you remember all that random crap you learned in fourth grade 10 out of 10 now about you matt um i would say it's probably tied between two at the moment uh i always love I, I used to watch the Game Show Network with my mom a lot. So, like, I like most game shows. Game shows, I think, are really ingenious, fun, dumb, stupid ways <laughs> occasionally. Uh, sometimes really genius, but a lot of the time dumb and stupid but fun uh, ways to entertain people. Right now, I started watching this new psychotic game show called Awake on Netflix. What was it And about? I say psychotic because they it's, like, it's just fucked. Like, they have people stay awake for 24 hours counting quarters. <laughs> What the hell? What and, the hell? Yeah, and then they have them. One, they eliminate people based on like how off they are on the count, or if they didn't count enough. And like right off the bat, they eliminate two people for that. And then in this sleep deprived state, they have to participate in games that are literally designed to be harder for them because they've been up for twenty four hours. It really is a lot. That's some shit, man. Jesus it's, Christ, it's a lot. 
like it's super fucked in a way but like god is it fun to watch and that's the problem with game shows is like you kind of love the quirk and and the part that makes it really hard for the contestants most of the time and so i binged the shit out of that when it came out i loved it a lot i just i don't think i could do it because like i can hardly eat like 30 quarters i don't know how the <laughs> fuck you're supposed to eat all that <sighs> Yeah, you count a million quarters. I fuck it. Million dollars in quarters. I hate you so much. Anyway, I would probably <laughs> say the other one's Family Feud because I love watching it and because it's one of those game shows that literally is like, do you know stuff? Because also watch these people fail at it and it's super fun. Yeah, and say something inappropriate so Steve Harvey can do a little dance. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Laser, for being a beautiful host of this episode and bringing us the close. Oh, man. That's probably the best thing I could do, right? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Why Podcast. In the break, I'm sure we mentioned all of our anniversary things that are still going on. And it'll they'll be going on till the next anniversary, yep, probably. And then after that, we'll do another one. Probably. Yeah. You know, it'll just stack on, stack on, stacks until 10 years down the line when Matt has a kid and I don't know about the rest of us. Um, we'll be dead. <laughs> yeah, we'll be dead. Matt will be Yay. running this podcast alone, him and his five-year-old child. and He'll sacrifice us to, to birth the son. He and, and daughter, I will be Roger. Rocket Man in Heaven. Thank you for listening to oh. my podcast. I'm Laser the Rocket Man Elric. I'm Matthew the Fuck Rocket Man Slaza. I'm Keon the Bohemian Rhapsody Boozer. I just whipped on accident. Oh my god. I can't fucking believe I just did that. I'm oh, really no, upset I just with myself. Hey guys, now you know why. Nay nay why? Oh fuck. Now you oh, know why. God. It's over. Goodbye podcast. It's been nice. Hope you ask why Hey, Matt's point of view is bad. Wow.